Welcome back to Ballistic Chronicles. This is Gary Lewis. I'm your host, and this is where we talk about big game hunting, and we talk about rifles and ammunition, and, and today we're talking about terminal performance with Leland Brown, and we're talking about his work to inform the hunting community about wildlife management, conservation, and his special mission, which is informing hunters about non-lead options. So this is a topic that I keep an eye on, and I like checking in with Leland from time to time, and I encourage you to keep a journal. And we're going to talk about that in this episode. We're going to talk about the new study that Leland Brown has initiated. If you tagged a big game animal this year, you can participate in this one as well. Click on bit.ly forward slash ammo performance. You may also reach him at leland.brown at oregonzoo.org. He came to Oregon by way of Hawaii. Before coming to Oregon, he worked as an invasive species biologist with an emphasis on removal of feral animals. He's one of us, and he has an interesting perspective. If you want to support free speech, Good hunting content in the internet age. Look for our coffee and books at GaryLewisOutdoors.com. We recommend our latest book, Bob Nosler, Born Ballistic. You can find it on GaryLewisOutdoors.com and on Nosler.com and also on Amazon. Leland Brown. Good to have you back on Ballistic Chronicles. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm never sure if I've done a good enough job to warrant a return, but you know, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it <was all right. laughs> okay, well, I got an interesting email from you just a couple days ago, and I knew this was coming. I was just kind of watching for it. And the heading was Participate in Research on Bullet Performance for harvesting deer, elk, or other big game animals. So as soon as I had a few minutes, I opened up my journal, and then I clicked on this link, and then it took me to this study that you created. Yeah, yeah. The survey that you created. And in your note, it says filling out the survey will take no longer than 20 minutes. Well, it actually didn't take all that long. <laughs> yeah. I I tend to be over conservative with that because I don't want people to take longer and feel like I, I tricked them or something, you know, if I'm a little conservative with how long it takes, yeah. then it takes shorter and pe people feel good about it. So, okay. So let's, let's start with what do you hope to learn from this study? Well, I mean, it all goes back to when I first started working here in Oregon, and I, I remember talking with you early on, and some of the questions that came up were, you know, well, how well do different bullet types work? How do we know that they're effective or not? And, you know, I kind of took a lot of that to heart, and I had these conversations with people over the years. And um, You've got to be one of the thicker-skinned people that I know. <laughs> well... Uh, long experience and yeah. uh, you might just say that I'm one of the more stubborn people you know more than anything right um, okay I, I would say that yeah but uh but yeah I mean I've been looking at 
you know, my background is an invasive species biologist doing a lot of removal work. Um, and then now being involved in this discussion around non-lead ammunition and how we can continue to make hunting uh, more sustainable and more, um, you know, protect the tradition for the longest time possible and make sure that it's accepted and, you know, public supported. Um, I was really looking for a way to do some of this research into bullet performance and answer some of these questions that, you know, realistically just have not been pursued at all in the research. Um, no matter what bullet type you're talking, whether you're talking kind of like a classic soft point lead cord bullet or some of these new monolithic type bullets, if you go looking through the research, there's almost no information about, you know, what's the most effective bullet. But of course, you go sit in hunting camp and that's, half of what we talk about all the time, right? It's like, well, my bullet works so much better and you should be using this because it'll put the animal on the ground quicker. And like, cool. How do we find that out? Whether what's true and what's not. Um, yeah. And this is one of the ways to do it is to ask people to report the data from their hunts and actually give us kind of some hard numbers that we can compare. So um, finally okay. after but that was about eight years ago when we first had some of those conversations where you're finally getting some of that research off the ground. Yeah. Well, I just think this is fascinating because writing the questions for a survey like this is a kind of a daunting task because you know, you're going to be getting information from people who've hunted for 40 years and you've been, you'll get information from people who've hunted for two years. Yeah. And some of that will, will be um, hard for you to use because maybe people aren't thinking, you know, earlier in their careers, they're not thinking about the kinds of things that they would think about later. Like I keep, I tr keep track of all this stuff. I even measure the front hooves on the deer that I right. killed <laughs> yeah. and write that down in a journal. Cause I think, I think a person should keep a journal and, and it, it just makes you think more about what you're doing and what you've done before. And then it'll, it'll inform what you'll do in the future. And then also, I mean, as I was filling this out, I, I had to open the journal to answer a couple questions for myself about, you know, what day it was and yeah what time of the afternoon. Usually I try to write it down to the, you know, the moment, the minute. Yeah, it's it's a really useful thing. And, you know, I, I'd encourage anyone who is hunting to do that. And I, I know that I'm I'm not the best at doing it. I started recently and I think I hit that point where having some sort of record of my hunts became more valuable to me. It allowed me to think about what I was doing in the process. And, you know, there's a lot to say for that. Like, you know, we look at all these historical records of people who trapped and hunted across the West back when kind of the colonial times or, or, you know, as people were colonizing across it's really interesting information, whether or not it's getting used for an actual study like this or not. Um, but then being able to go back and record kind of these very specific data points, it's pretty cool there too. Um, and I, my hope, you know, maybe it wasn't really part of the research plan, but my hope is that it will help people think a little more critically about kind of what they're doing and the decisions they're making and how to be thinking about, you know, what is actually working and what's not. 
Okay, so your first question in the survey is how many years have you hunted big game with a rifle? And so I would just ask you, how many years have you hunted big game with a rifle? Oh, for me, uh, not as long as you, I bet. Uh, well, I'm older than you. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been hunting since with a rifle since probably about when was it, 2007 i think i didn't grow up in a hunting family i yeah. got introduced to it a little later in my life yeah. um so however long that's been uh, yeah. 15 years or so at this point and you as an invasive species biologist and uh, doing removal work you probably have um harvested more big game animals than um than otherwise yeah so. maybe yeah i've i've had the the lucky experience to get a lot of um hunting and shooting in a fairly short period of time so you know things that don't work crop up pretty quick when yeah. you're doing it consistently versus you know if you do it once a year and um once or twice a year so i've been lucky that way for sure now, your your survey here it's not just for the state of Oregon where you live, is it? it this is no, it, it initially that was the plan, but we decided uh, fairly quickly that you know we'd open it up a little bit. Really, we're looking at North America. There's a little bit of research out there looking at you know ammunition performance in Europe, and I was frustrated again with the fact that there was no one doing it um, here in North America with the species that we hunt. And although there's probably similarities. Um, when you look through some of that, you know, their, their hunting processes are quite a bit different, especially yeah. than like Western hunting. Um, so shorter shot distances, um, different cartridge types, um, more driven hunt style in a lot of cases. So there's going to be some variation there. Um, and I really wanted to see us to have some data that was specific to the hunting that we do here um, in North America. Okay, so I noticed that I got an email relative to one type of tag that I had purchased from the Department of Fish and Wildlife here in Oregon. And then I got another email relative to a bear tag that I had mm -hmm. paid for. Yep. So you are getting lists from ODFW and then and then sending out to all the people who have email addresses which is probably every hunter uh well with this with this initial push we only selected people that had uh hunts that were still open or oh. hadn't happened yet um, because so you want real current information you don't want people thinking back into their memory right yeah because i mean what happens right is we remember things a little bit wrong and oh, so ideally so what we want is people there's usually a, a data sheet that i attach to the email that you can download and print out mm -hmm. and you can bring that like if you don't journal all your hunts and record all that information you can bring that piece of paper with you and write all the pertinent information down and then bring it back and get online and fill it in and so we call it a survey, but really what it is is an online data form where we can collect all the data in one place mm -hmm. without people having to mail things in and deal with so all of that. Th so this is great. I actually didn't look at this until just now, and I clicked on it on my computer. Yep. And this, so this one is tailored for a bear tag, and 
this year I did not fill my bear tag, so you don't get any information yep. from me. But uh, you start for what species did you hunt, and then what cartridge was the animal shot with, and you want to be specific because it's going to be different between a uh, three, you know, a thirty out Springfield or a three hundred Winchester Magnum. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we really want to know, be able to kind of compare directly with different cartridges and with different bullet calibers and then with the specific bullet types as well. Right. Some of these factors that are going to be real interesting to evaluate for if you can get enough data. Yeah, exactly. And that's the big thing, right? I mean, of course, this is all voluntary. So anyone who doesn't feel like they want to participate, there's no obligation um, but if people are curious about uh, participating in some of this research um, and being part of um, some of these efforts, you know, they can share these kind of detailed pieces about the tools that they're using. And then following that kind of how the animal responds to the actual use of those tools in the field. Because um, we can do all sorts of research on ballistic gel or, you know, whatever other test media, but it's never quite the same as being out there in the woods um, and how animals respond to that. Yeah. So then of course you ask for the range in yards, mm-hmm. which makes a, it's going to be different, you know, bullet performance for each different bullet. Yep. And so that's going to be real fascinating. And then you ask, how did you measure the distance? Yep. So the laser range finder, pace it off. GPS. I noticed that you don't say just guessed. <laughs> there is an other selection, I think, mm-hmm. in, in places. So if you do have yeah. a guess, but you know, we we have to be able to, within any analysis, um, build some level of confidence in how yeah. accurate these numbers are. And so if people yeah. are just guessing, uh, you know, I just uh, we can't use that number with the same level of confidence as someone who used a laser range finder, right? Um, right, so right. Trying so, to build some of that into the process. One of my answers was 200 yards. And mm-hmm. I arrived at that number because I had been ranging deer at different distances all afternoon. And then when this one showed up, you know, and gave me, you know, just a moment, yep. an opportunity to shoot it there was no way I could get the most precise, but uh, you know, I was, I would guarantee I'm within five yards on that estimation. And that's the big benefit of having this, you know, looking at this data sheet before you go in the field, which I know is, you know, timing this year is a little tough. It's just kind of the way things rolled out. Um, But we're going to be doing this next spring for spring bear and we'll do it through the fall as well. Um, and so if people can look at this information ahead of time and they take a shot, maybe they take that extra second to range it a second time and say, yeah. oh, right, that actually was at 202 yards. It wasn't mm-hmm. 200. Right. Um, and that helps just make sure that all that information is as accurate as possible. Right. Because if somebody tells me they shot at 200 yards, I think, well, you just guessed that in yeah. most cases. Because it's a nice round number. <laughs> probably, you know more like 198 or 203. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yep. you're going to be a liar, be a, be a better liar. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay. That's, I that's the fish was this big story, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what was the behavior just before the shot? And so this is super important. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we might not think about this as a first year hunter, but to the, to the accuracy for this study, it really makes a difference on what's going to happen next. If the, if the deer is relaxed and bedded or relaxed in feeding, mm-hmm. re- relaxed and walking or alert and walking or startled. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, adrenaline will really change that response, right? An animal mm-hmm. with really high adrenaline response can run a lot further than something that's completely shocked by, you know, getting hit by a bullet. Um, So we really want to have that little piece of information again to help try to, you know, it may make mean that like everything kind of washes out um, in the analysis, um, but we want that piece to be able to compare initially and make sure that we're not comparing things where there's drastic differences because of one Mm -hmm. of these little variables that we didn't consider. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And then how much did the animal weigh? That's another one where mm-hmm. it, that's your question number 14 and you can choose whole animal weight, gutted animal weight, quartered animal weight, bone in or, or whatever. And here again, you know, if you're a mile into the backcountry, you're not putting that on a scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it makes it a little tough, but knowing in advance, okay, I've cored this animal out. I'm going to pack it out. Um, you know, I, I personally don't really weigh the animals that I have shot, right. Because that's how I process them. But if I know in advance, oh, right. I want to participate in this and I cored it and I've got all the meat with me. Um, I can weigh that after the fact and then make a note of, Hey, it was quartered and you know, I didn't, I didn't have this piece of it because it was too damaged. So I'm missing a little bit. So mm-hmm. It gives us just that ability to let people participate and, and know in advance so that they're thinking about it after the fact, hopefully. And so I think that's, that's the important part. And I would encourage people, if you did get this email, click on it and look at that data sheet and, and the fields that you might fill out, because mm-hmm. if you end up, fill in that tag later or you know you get an animal next season then you'll know in advance how to fill this out and you know regardless i think this just makes us better at what we do if we're thinking about it you know somewhat scientifically i mean okay so i want to ask you this then leland what is conservation what is conservation? Oh man. Uh, you know, there's the dictionary version, right? Which is kind of wise use of the resource. Um, and I, and I think that's true. I think for hunters, when we're talking about conservation, it's really about being good stewards and taking care of, uh, you know, the things that we care about and love. And that means participating in, in research efforts or contributing to habitat work or any of these other pieces and, you know, being an active participant and, and protecting those things that we care about. And we participate in a type of hunting that exists in the North American model of Mm-hmm. Of wildlife management, which is different than is experienced in Europe yep. or 
is experienced in Africa. It's um, 100%, you know, 180 degrees different than what is experienced in New Zealand or Australia. Um, in most of North America, I mean, it's probably different than how you experience it in Hawaii, too. Yeah, I mean, the model still exists in Hawaii, but of course, with, you know, the number of invasive species there, um, you know, the use of those animals is a little bit different. Um, relative to... Relative the, to, like, the management of elk, right? I mean, we manage... Yeah, and, and the landscape and the, right. and the plants. Yeah. yeah or exactly. birds that might be native. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you there's still allocation. It's still a democratic process. People are still applying for tags for certain species. But then on the other hand, you have some, you know, populations that just way overpopulated because they're invasive and have no predators and um, they're creating massive amounts of damage on the landscape and, you know, kind of eating it down to the dirt. And yeah, so the response to that's very different than how we manage, um, you know, landscapes here and kind of yeah. the main mainland of North mainland, America. Yeah. Um, so, okay. How can people find this survey, these data recording forms? Well, uh, the online form is pretty easy. It's bit.ly slash ammo performance. Um, and hopefully we can maybe add that into the show notes for people to access. Um, and right now, unfortunately, I don't have a great way of getting the data sheet out, but if someone's really, really? interested, they can just email me at lelandbrown at pdx.edu, and I, I'll just email them over the forms um, to use. Okay, and so we want to reiterate that if you're hunting this season, tell me if I'm saying something wrong. If you're hunting this season anywhere in North America, you would like to have this, yep. this data, right? Yep. And, you know, like I said, it's all voluntary. Um, you know, you just go in, make sure you understand what data you need to record um, before you get out in the field, record it, you know, during or as soon after shooting an animal as possible so that the data is as accurate as possible. And then, you know, if you're in the field and you don't have service, just write it down on that paper sheet and bring it out with you till you can get online and, and enter it in that online form. Um, you know, the other benefit of this, of course, is it provides us a lot of information. It helps inform managers um, and help in, inform hunters about bullet selection. And uh, there's actually a little bit of an incentive. Everyone who fills out a valid data sheet has a chance to enter in for a, uh, an opportunity to win one of $50, $100 gift cards. Um, so there's a little bit of an incentive to participate as well. So we'll try to... Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I was just so interested in in the information. Yeah. I mean, the information on its own is really cool. It's, I mean, it's something that, like I said, we sit around and debate over campfires or in the cabins every time we go out hunting with friends and family. And um, this is a great opportunity to try to get some actual numbers to go along with some of those conversations. Um, I would love to see somebody take this to heart and create their own private journal and just keep track of this kind of stuff yeah. on their own. You know, after a few years, they would really have some interesting data, you know, that they could use their whole lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what a 
ability to share all that information down the road as well with mm-hmm. whoever is interested. I mean, you just don't, there's no way to share those stories outside of writing them down. So it's really <laughs> par- pretty powerful. Yeah. Okay, Leland. Well, how can people find you? Uh, well, like I said, for this for this project, you're looking at uh, Leland Brown at pdx.edu, all one word. Uh, and then the, the research survey form data entry is at bit.ly slash animal performance. People can, can get at that. And we'll try um, to put that in the show notes. And you have an Instagram? I mean, I got my uh, personal Instagram, but no, no offense to everyone. I, uh, I don't know that I want to get flooded by people <laughs> that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. as much as I enjoy Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I try to keep a little bit of. Um, you want to have a, a separation sometimes between church and state in your on occasion. Uh... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have an Instagram or social media for this yeah. project in particular. Okay. Um, so, Hey, uh, you know what? That's kind of refreshing anyway, isn't it? I, you know, there's only so much I can keep up and I find <laughs> the data more important than the social media on this one. Yeah. So I'm going to stick yeah. with that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Leland. Enjoyed the conversation as always. And, um, good, good luck out there. And I'll try to pass the word on. And um, do you have any more hunting to do this season or are you looking forward to next year? Uh, my season's about it. I actually got lucky and just got back. I, I was down in Texas helping with a hunting camp. So I managed to get some wild pig down there. So I think my season's about done unless I can get out after some grouse or something this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there's still some of that going on. and. Yep. You you might have missed the chance to put some mushrooms with that grouse, but you'll you can buy them at the store. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I'll do what I can. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Ballistic Chronicles. Tell your friends about us, and look for our coffees and books at GaryLewisOutdoors.com, and look for. Bob Nosler born ballistic. If nobody gave that to you for Christmas, then uh, pick it up for yourself. GaryLewisOutdoors.com, Nosler.com, and Amazon.com. You can watch select episodes of my show, Frontier Unlimited, on our network of affiliates around the United States and on Hunt Channel TV at HuntChannel.tv. 